Welcome to Let's Talk with Allie and Albie. Hey everybody, welcome back to Let's Talk and this is part two. Um, And we're really going to call it um, provision for the vision, I think. Because a lot of times, you know, we're given a dream of something or told to do something or God put something on our heart and we feel the lack right after. We don't have what it takes. We don't have the education. We don't have the money. We don't have the background. We don't have the experience. The bunch of we don't haves, we don't haves. And um, so I'm just going to recap and just say, you know, last time we talked about how all of a sudden, we came to Lakeland, my sister and I. Hey, Allie. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> and um, and how I we left there, and I got confirmation. We all did that. We were supposed to do this great move, um, but how? And that's where sometimes we get stuck. And just before I picked up and decided to even press record. I was reminded of Nehemiah. Just suddenly, I was reading Nehemiah last last week. And that's a book in the Bible. And it's a guy in the Old Testament. And he was, he had a burning desire to help rebuild his city. And he felt that God had put on his heart to rebuild the wall. But it says here, I'm just going to read a little bit. So he arrived in Jerusalem. And after he had been there three days... Nehemiah got up in the middle of the night. He says, he says, and I and I and a few men were with me. I hadn't told anyone what my God had put on my heart to do for Jerusalem. And the only animal with us was the one I was riding. And sometimes all we have is one car, one dream, one vision. Mm-hmm. Um, four girls, a car, and a dream. Right. And that's where we're picking up. Yeah. And so um, I'm going to start off by asking Albie, um, you know, one of the first steps in God providing for us to be able to move, obviously, was finances. And to be honest with you guys, um, we didn't see a way at the time. Like we said, we got the blessing from my dad, which was also unexpected. And we knew that it had to be swift and that involved moving us as sisters and two other girls from two different places all at the same time. Mm-hmm. How is this supposed to happen? And so I'm going to ask Almarie some questions because God did some pretty interesting and, and funny things concerning um, your employment, right? Right. Leading into that move. So why don't you go into a bit of that story? <laughs> well, at the time I was working for Publix and I mean, that was basically my first job that I landed as a young adult. And I had been there for about almost fully vested, almost five years. And so when we were going to move, I was like, well, Publix actually got started in Lakeland, Florida. What better place for me to transfer and get moved from this Publix that I was at in uh, Coral Springs Mm -hmm. all the way up to Lakeland? And I put in for the transfer and I was told that the transfer was submitted and they gave me the address for the Publix that I was supposed to go go to. Remember that. (laughs) So... Um, I had that information. So this was before we actually moved. Right. We're still in um, South Florida at this point. Right. But the 
first step wasn't just, okay, now I put in for the transfer, but the next step was that we needed to find a place to live. Mm-hmm. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> so on our, but on our drive back from Lakeland that night, back to Fort Lauderdale, before I even spoke to my dad, before we got the A-OK, we had seen a big apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And so I remembered the name and I said, well, we need to check it out. Because you got to remember, we got the yes, and so we went back the very next weekend. This mm-hmm. is four-hour drive from Fort Lauderdale all the way back up to Lakeland. Right. And um, went to that apartment complex. And it's not like we had life savings or anything. <laughs> and I'd never rented anything before. Right. I So I didn't have that knowledge credit mm-hmm. built up mm-hmm. or knowledge or the know-how seen my parents do it a couple times but this was just us and so we drive into this wonderful apartment complex and it really looked like out of our league i mean this is top-notch guys this was a luxury (laughs) apartment it had a pool it had a clubhouse it had the weight room it had grounds to walk it had running trails yeah it had everything and so you know i walk up in there and i just Asked, you know, what are your specials and what do you have going on right now? And there was this wonderful guy there. Um, and he started breaking down all the specials and talking to us girls and getting to know us. And he was like, oh, welcome to Lakeland. And it's a small town. You love it. And he was just so excited for us. And so he t- showed us the tour. Mm-hmm. It was going to be four of us, so we needed at least a three-bedroom apartment. At least. Okay. (laughs) And so he shows us, you know, he's like, well, let's start off with the two, Mm -hmm. and then let's do the three, and I was going to go for the two, because I'm like, you know, two of us each could share a room, and that would be great, and I'm thinking prices, you know, Mm -hmm. money. Mm -hmm. So we get back to his office, and he's like, um kind of goes over the rates with us and my eyebrows start going up. <laughs> Reality said sin, guys. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And he's quoting prices and I'm like, in the back of my mind saying, okay, we got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy, we wasted this guy's time. Right. I, uh, sorry. We yeah. got to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was thinking, we're going to have to do a studio apartment <laughs> four of us in yeah. one room or something. Yeah. I and then this guy. I uh, have to interject. It was really funny because my sister and I have this really interesting energy where I can kind of read what she's feeling. So she's nodding her head in a very like you know business like savvy way, and we're eyeing her, and we're both like, "There's no way. There's no way." <laughs> <laughs> Telepathically speaking, but you just kept on going. Like, yeah, you know? eyeball to eyeball, we were like, "No," but our heads kept on nodding. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so then he was like, "So, what do you guys think?" And I'm like, "Well, um." Um, what would be the monthly, you know, per month? And what's your move-in special? Do you have a move-in special? <laughs> and so he picks up his book and he was like, actually, there was one that just ended. But let me see if I could get my manager to extend it. So he didn't tell us what it was. Mm-hmm. But he gets on the phone and he's like, girls, I'm going to work some magic. And he was just this really high-energy, sweet guy. Mm-hmm. And... um. So he gets on the phone and in his office and he comes back out. He was like, wow, have I got a deal for you guys? 
Okay. He was like, but I need you guys to sit down because you might fall over. <laughs> and I was thinking there is nothing you could say that makes me fall over <laughs> except for <laughs> I've already fallen over within. <laughs> There's no way I can afford whatever you're going to bring to my door. Right. Um, but he said, well, we got a special going on. And he said, um, how would you feel about, could you guys scrape together and maybe put down a hundred dollars? <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can do, I can put down a hundred dollars. What is that? The security deposit? He was like, how about it's your first, last and security? <laughs> Never heard of. And I just, the, we were silent. He was like, hello. He's like, and he starts laughing. And I was like, so he's like, yeah, $100 to move in. Mm-hmm. Just $100 down. There's no first and last. There's no security. And he was like, to, how can I make it sweeter? How about no rent for 30 days? <laughs> I think I actually laughed just like that when he said it. Mm-hmm. So, And I was like, and which apartment are you talking about? He was like, well, it won't be for the one or two bedroom. It's going to have to be the three bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, okay, and how much would it be per month after that? Mm-hmm. He was like, around $7.30 mm-hmm. a month. Mm-hmm. Guys, this is unheard of. Like $730 yeah. a month yeah. for a three-bedroom luxury apartment In Florida. So we're talking about like, you know, early 2000s here. (laughs) Yeah. That was crazy. Right. You know, and I crunched the math and I was like, I looked at the girls like, you guys would need to find jobs really fast. But Mm -hmm. if we really do it, we could afford it. Right. You know, and even if two of us had to swing it for a month, we would do whatever it takes. So I put down the $100, mm-hmm. and that's what I had in savings <laughs> <laughs> at the time. Real I was talk. very sad <laughs> to say that, you know, looking back and mm-hmm. saying that's what I had. But some people, I mean, that's what we have. Hey, we're being authentic where you're here. This is uh, Let's Talk, so let's, let's, let's keep it real. Right. <laughs> you know, we're coming from families that were just pooling together to make it ends meet sometimes. And so we decided to go for it. We put the money down mm-hmm. and then we picked a move date. Yeah. And then we drove back to South Florida. Yes, just like that. So for the first time, I rented a U-Haul and we drafted it out. And one of the girls had to drive my car and I was dr- going to drive the U-Haul. I've never driven a truck. That was a fun experience. I mean... <laughs> After that, I felt pretty cool. I, I was good about myself. Like I navigated that. Okay, I drove a full size U-Haul, full size, because we're moving three girls, mm-hmm. and the fourth was supposed to come down later. Right. So we get our stuff together, and we caravan mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And you know, South Florida—it's always raining. So yeah. In the middle of rain, my worst nightmare, driving a truck, full size. I think it was more than the 14-footer. It was like... Yeah, it was a big It was a big, it was a big 34 yeah. <laughs> or something. And um, so we moved there. And things were great ever since, right? <laughs> no. 
This is Let's Talk. In reality, you know, guys, Almy wasn't actually able to be with us for the first 30 days in mm-hmm. the apartment because mm-hmm. she had to yep. cruise some funds back four hours away in Fort Lauderdale, in Coral Springs, mm-hmm. while we stayed physically in the apartment, mm-hmm. okay, in Lakeland. So we had to really make this thing work. And can you explain why that was and what went on there? So you got to remember that not all states are equal. Mm-hmm. So South Florida is a melting pot of all cultures and everything. But to be absolutely honest and transparent, moving to Central Florida was a big mm-hmm. step. Yeah. Because there were still racial lines there. Yeah. There were still things that were going on that I had not experienced in years in South Florida. Right. So when I went to the location that they told me mm-hmm. was my transfer spot and I walked in and asked to speak to the manager, they looked at me, they looked me up and down. Mm-hmm. Like you had four heads, you said. Yeah, yeah, like I had four heads. And I couldn't understand what the look was about. And then they said, what do you want to see the manager for? And I said, well, I'm transferring here. So then the, they called the manager and the manager says, just point blank, I don't know of any transfers. And I said, well, could you check? Could you check the records? Mm-hmm. And so out of some kind of politeness, he decided to go in the back office and make some calls. And he came and he said, there's no transfer here for you. There's no mm-hmm. job here for you. And even if there was going to be a transfer, I don't need anybody. Right. So there's no space for you. And so I had to go back to South Florida Mm, and work while we figured out why this transfer didn't come through yet. Right. And three weeks in, we realized that that manager was fighting my transfer Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that my transfer wasn't going to go through. Right. Which was very disheartening because now what? Now there's a way to to move into this beautiful apartment, but it doesn't seem to be provision. Right. (laughs) So in the meantime, the girls got jobs, and um, we went back to the church that we yeah, were going to we be um, attending. Mm-hmm. That God and called us to. <laughs> that, yeah, that God called us to. And the young people there were, I'll tell you, they were the most amazing young people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And I met this just out of the blue. The first Sunday we get there, mm-hmm. they had noticed us because you have to remember, remember, we were... I don't know if everybody listened to part one, so I can't tell you all that happened in part one, but there is a section in part one where all of us were called up front, and because we were all called up front, I won't tell you what happened when we were called up front, but because we were all called up front, mm-hmm. we were noticed. Right. And so this young man, we were talking, and he was asking how was the move going, and mm-hmm. he, they were shocked that we were moving. Yeah. Number one, they were like, you guys are coming here? (laughs) For us? (laughs) Remember, they had just seen us a week ago. Right. You -hmm. guys are coming here? Yeah. And I said, yeah, but I'm trying to transfer with Publix, but it's not working out. And so the guy said, why don't you apply for uh, Geico? Geico is doing a job fair. Mm -hmm. They're opening a brand new department. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was the headquarters for Geico as well. Like Lakeland is the headquarters for so many companies. Yeah. Big insurance comp- um, insurance industry out there. But I'd never done insurance. <laughs> I counted money. I worked Publix, for Publix. Yes. Food. I know that stuff. <laughs> and he said that to me and literally fear came into my heart. Like, right. I, can't, I, can't, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, just try. 
And then he was like, yeah, I did it. And there's a bunch of tests. And the more he talked about it, the more I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. It was like Fort Knox. It's like yeah. applying for the postal service or something. It was crazy. Yeah, a lot of steps. But because I had all this traveling to do, mm-hmm. I decided somehow I... I filled out the paper. I remember I went to the office. Mm-hmm. Literally, that was back in the day where you could go to an office and fill out an application. Right. So I went to the office, filled out an applica- application, um, submitted it, went back to work in, at Publix. Mm-hmm. I got a response call that I needed to come because there was going to be an interview. And I made it through interview one interview two, interview (laughs) three, and then they had to select, I forget how many people that they had to select. There's a few for a certain department, not many. Not many. Mm -hmm. They were starting off with a skeleton crew. They were going to do it on a trial basis. Mm -hmm. And I got picked. (laughs) So all of a sudden, I gave my notice to Publix, quickly retired (laughs) 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 from Publix, Fully vested, mm-hmm. rolled my IRA over into Geico. Right. And Geico, guys, day one, I had dental, I had vision, right. I had health, no 90 days. Mm-hmm. Day one, I started, I had all of my benefits, mm-hmm. everything covered right away. Yeah. Plug. That's how, yeah, that's how I I got into insurance, which Mm -hmm. later on in my life, I had to turn back and do insurance again. Right, right. So that is a big part of how we finally all got to Lakeland and also including our other roommate who actually came from another state. Yeah. Okay. In her car, Mm -hmm. packed her car full and her dad helped her move to Lakeland and she dropped him off to the bus stop and that's how she got Mm-hmm. to our apartments. We all were able to be there in that same kind of time span eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving forward, guys, we are moving with the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And when I say bare minimum, I'm talking... One bed. Mm, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have to understand we were living with our parents before that and mm-hmm. there was just, there wasn't a whole lot of um, furniture involved in this. So we're thinking, okay, we have jobs now. It's going to be a minute to kind of accrue some furniture, but we'll get there. We were very simple, you know, low-key girls. Okay, sleep on the floor or do whatever we need to do, okay? Mm -hmm. And we did just that. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, to live, you do have to eat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Small fact. And we're foodies, just putting Mm -hmm. that out there. Mm -hmm. So that part was a little rough, too. So we were trying to figure out all these different things. And back to these wonderful young college students, um, at this church, I'm going to say, shout out to Master's Commission. You know who you are. It was an amazing program. And these young people just looked out for us. And we began to build um, a relationship and friendship with them. And through that, God began to provide for us in some really astounding ways. Mm-hmm. And to this day, we don't know exactly who um, God used as vessels. as I, I call them like angels on earth because mm-hmm. we don't even know. Who did it? Mm-hmm. But that's the part of a blessing. You know, it says not to, not to let people know what you're doing. Your father will glorify you in heaven. I know that these people are going to get their um, treasure in heaven. But I will say that um, I'll, I'll never forget the time where we were worried about um, food and groceries. But this is like week two. 
yeah, week two going in. And I remember one day, I'm telling you guys, we had a really good prayer life because, hey. <laughs> That's all we had. That's all we had. <laughs> and um, we would just pray. And I remember we literally were praying on our knees and we were just praying and having some quiet time. And we were a bit hungry. <laughs> so when you're hungry, you go to sleep. <laughs> so we slept, woke up because um, we heard a knock at our door. <laughs> went out to the door and there was nobody there but there were like guys no kidding like three or four huge boxes carton boxes of food mm-hmm. not nasty food we're talking about good food yep. you can actually make recipes with yeah bread and pasta yeah. and and tomato sauce and yeah. meat like frozen, mean, frozen pot meat. roast and we just kept on looking from side to side down the stairs like who, like is this real yeah who dropped off three boxes Full of food. Full, guys. Full of food, juice, drinks. Everything. Water. Even toiletries. <laughs> right. Toiletries. I mean, tooth, toothbrushes everything. and just mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we went back that Sunday. We were just, we were just thanking the people because we knew it was them. Yeah. But, you know, word spread that these four girls were here. Mm-hmm. God sent them. For them. And... They they just poured out the love, right? And right. daily we would be provided for. And when I say daily, daily, daily mm-hmm. one day a futon landed yep. at our front door. Yeah, nobody mm-hmm. told us mm-hmm. where this futon came from. A bean bag. Mm-hmm. Next thing we knew, we know somebody said they were getting rid, quote unquote, <laughs> of a dining room table yeah. with chairs. Yeah. Um. What else? Even knickknacks, guys. I'm talking about things that I would sit there and go, I like that style. I wish I could put that in the apartment. And it would be like the exact little figurine or the exact vase mm-hmm. or the exact. It was actually like, you know, decorations, things that you don't need, but you want. Right. So it's like God even saw that. Right. You know, and um, it's just funny because when you really obey God and you give your all, he does provide. And then guys, I will tell you, it's hard to receive. Mm-hmm. It's easier to give because... Mm-hmm. You know, there's times when I felt like, oh, man, I, I got to be so humble. And um, this is just, this is just so humbling to receive, to receive, to receive. And how can we give back? But God reminded us that we were giving back by just living our lives and sacrificing that time mm-hmm. without knowing what it would bring for us mm-hmm. um, to him. Mm-hmm. You know, and those were some of the best times of our young adult life. Mm-hmm. And we did, you know, we had times of daily prayer, right. nightly prayer. And as we started to build relationships with these young mm-hmm. people, we started inviting them over to the very place that they helped to furnish. Right. And that that apartment became a haven. Yeah. And um, if we speak to any of them to, today, I think they would remember. They remember the, pray- that, like the prayer house, basically. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. like a prayer house. Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. And it, they knew 24-7. We committed to the Lord that 24-7 we would open our doors to anyone in need. Right. That we would pray for anyone that mm-hmm. came. Mm-hmm. That we would bless them with whatever resources we had because they weren't ours anyways right. to give. And so as they gave to us, we gave back out. Right. And it was just always this ebb and flow of giving and receiving and giving. Never lack, guys. Mm-mm. I mean... Literally, low, we low on groceries, we would give, we would share food, and then it would just come back full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that biblical principle has kind of been lost, and we just hope that um, that that um, the book of Acts will begin to you know come alive again in these days, where people worry less about how much they're collecting and, and getting, and just give and know that it will be given back. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that time in our lives. We just had no agenda. We'd open up our apartment, 
light some candles to save electricity. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and we're creating ambiance. Yes, you know. You know. <laughs> and we would just pray and play these CDs. And people would come in and say, what's the agenda? And he'd say, nothing. We're just going to pray and see what God does. Mm-hmm. And he would always show up. And, you know, friends come into our home that we have now. Mm-hmm. And they see that we have no agendas. We have an open are. door mm-hmm. concept here still where mm-hmm. we are. Yeah. We give out of what we have. Yeah. And it's because of those formidable years. Right. There are so many months that every time we look around, God has provided for us. In every place I've ever moved, he has continually always provided in that way. Right. You know, the situation's always a little different, but he's always provided. Right. It's always been really miraculous. And sometimes I've gotten frustrated to say, well, I don't want to always live this. I've got to be down low and have to get provided for. Right. You know, I want to be like the rest of the people that can just work hard and save and get and have. Um, But then I wouldn't have these moments to point directly back to God and say, I know that I could not have done this myself. Right. This is not a situation where I planned and I wrote it out no. and I put it on a board and, and, and I did it and I planned it out right. and it came, my plan came into being. Right, guys. And I believe in, in five-year plan and small goals and, and big Long-term goals. Long-term goals. But you know what, guys? That all went out the window because mm-hmm. when we said yes to God, it became his plan and his goal and his way, mm-hmm. which is always better and higher. It says so in the Bible, but it really was better and higher because... Let's just be real here. Like we said, we didn't have the education. We, I mean, we're educated, don't get me wrong, but we didn't go to, to school for theology. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't do any of these things that would put us in the positions that we actually were walking into in this church. Mm-hmm. And I will say there were many positions. And because of time's sake, we're just kind of kind of roll into what some of those were. You know, our obedience led us into... Um, helping to rebuild um, the youth group because this church was amazing, but there was just some areas where, you know, things had begun waning a little bit and you needed a little bit of, just a little bit of pep and life and, and, and rebirthing of a vision. Mm-hmm. And that's, those are some of the giftings that God has given us. And so we just began to pray and see how we could help. Um, so we just began to help reform the youth group and the student ministry, which was a college ministry, mm-hmm. totally blew up. And mm-hmm. those are awesome people. It was just, a very big college area. Very big. Southeastern University right. was there. Right. I mean, right. just a big, and they weren't bringing in, they were not attracting, they were not keeping the young people right. there right. and wondering why. And just through prayer, we just, we just gave suggestions. Right. And we just said, we got to go back to the heart of worship. Right, and we started bringing back worship nights and mm-hmm. open mm-hmm. open forum. Yes, and also just delegating to the well, new yes. leaders. That's what I was heading into. You know, calling out the giftings that were already there mm-hmm. in the group. Mm-hmm. Amazing people that I remember to this day that are still walking from that are now pastors, pastors and, and leaders. It's and so cool to see them walk it singers. out. Singers, <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. just re- bringing back the worship, and um, so we we helped form those ministries as well as we were asked to do some pretty to me, strange things, because you look at adults and you revere them as young adults and you say they have it all together and they know what they're doing. So for them to ask young people to take on these leadership roles was God's favor, guys. This mm-hmm. is nothing about us and what we did. Mm-mm. It was plainly God saying, I called you here. Let me show you how. Let me show you why. And let me prove it to you that mm-hmm. I want you here. Let me show you what I can do through you if right. you, when you surrender. Right. And Al-Marie and I have many different giftings and abilities. Um, one of my specific um, uh, um, giftings is leading worship. And Al Marie and I, um, we are both musically inclined and also have 
really good coordinating skills. So mm-hmm. I guess that came to life when we became the coordinators for the actual church worship sanctuary team, worship sanctuary worship team mm-hmm. and we literally helped um to assist the directors and to create you know a program that would work um to be able to practice and to have better organizational skills and we just had a great unity among the um our elders and mm-hmm. the young people it was like we bridged mm-hmm. the gap and i love that god did that through disobedience mm-hmm. and then from there speaking, you know, yeah. actually leading a service and Almy and I being able to actually um, lead some sermons on some Wednesday nights. Um, and it was just a lot public of Public speaking, guys. all of my public speaking experiences. Right. And... Everything came to use. <laughs> yeah. But it felt like a dream and it was a dream because this all started with a dream if you listen to part one. Mm-hmm. And so what this is all about leads back to lead, um, listening to God's voice. Mm-hmm. Number believing one. Believing what he says, even if it sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. Number two. <laughs> and, you know, he will provide, number three, mm-hmm. for the vision. So mm-hmm. it's provision for the vision, mm-hmm. you know, guys. And this is a conglomeration of so many things that happened over a period of time. And, guys, this led into a huge movement. Um, it's even online, but we're not going to go into it. A huge movement of God that began um, in the 2000s in Central Florida that lasted for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so many different um, leaders and pastors can point back to that era and time as a really special time that God moved, that we knew he was moving through worship and through bringing people together through different backgrounds and even past religions and races and um in Central Florida, I don't know if you have realized yet, but we're black, guys. We're black. <laughs> you don't know us. We're black. And so being there, that even was a, a ministry in itself. Yep. You know, It opened doors. People opened doors to us that they had never opened to another race before. It's they not because yeah. they were racist or in any way. They had never been exposed. exposed. Right. And it just taught unity. It taught... Um, learning cultures Mm because we're Jamaican as well. Right. It taught bridging gaps of ages, age groups where people that were coming to our home were not just only young people after a while. It was people that were in their forties and fifties. We were friends with people in their sixties. We're reigniting and we could learn from them too. Learning from them Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. them pouring into us and us pouring into them. Yeah. And just telling them, don't give that up. Don't, put right. that aside right. or them calling out a gifting within us right. that we felt that we didn't have and right. training us and training us up yeah. to and be I, women that we are today. Right. And I believe in Timothy, please don't quote me on it. You scholars out there, but I leave, I believe somewhere in Timothy, it talks about, um, you know, the elders calling out your gift things and you walking those things out to show mm-hmm. yourself approved. Right. And we did those things and guys, you know, what's really cool about that time period. <laughs> I remember it clearly, clearly. Um, another ministry of itself was the fact that um, our roommates, we just all came from different backgrounds and we forgot because, you know, we don't see race like that. We just right. kinda, we're just people. Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, these two Jamaican girls that don't sound Jamaican. Mm-hmm. We have this one African <laughs> girl who doesn't sound African. Mm-hmm. We have this one awesome Caucasian girl who probably has more culture than, than all three of us combined. Combined. Okay. Shout Philly out to my Philly girl. girl. You know who you are. <laughs> And that's, you know, and we just all live together in such harmony and like sisterhood. And people look at that strangely. Yeah. Like you guys don't really fight. You guys are like sisters. We shared everything. Right. Because it was God, guys, once again, you know, mm-hmm. um, our roommate, you know, we told you one of them was a very new Christian. We had different backgrounds and, and the way we were raised. We could learn from one another. It was just the whole, our whole, I think four or five years mm-hmm. of being there was a learning experience. Mm-hmm. 
as well as the leadership experience. You yeah. know? And three three out of the four of us are still in contact. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know? a cool thing. Still um, being able to lift each other up mm-hmm. through Facebook and connecting still mm-hmm. There's a bond years there. later. Um, knowing that no matter what, that love has never gone away. No. You no. know? Never no. gone away. So if I know that some not everybody has a church background that listens to our podcast mm-hmm. and not everybody is a quote unquote Christian That's and not everybody mm-hmm. but just to encourage that if you feel like you're in a transitional period in your life mm-hmm. and you're like I'm about to step out and be a mom or I'm about to step out and be an independent contractor in some field or mm-hmm. I'm going to change from one state to another don't don't be in despair I want to encourage you that God will provide yeah he looks at all of us. We're all his children. He's always providing. He will provide for your everyday need. And what I learned was to surrender my daily, my daily need. That's the thing. Because he said my daily bread, my daily, daily. Every day we mm-hmm. had to depend for food, mm-hmm. for the lights to stay on, for everything. And so, you know, if we can leave you with anything. Mm-hmm. I will leave you with... God provides for the vision and he will sustain mm-hmm. you within that vision. Mm-hmm. And even if the vision, you don't know exactly what it is, because it will change guys from time to time, according to seasons, because we're mm-hmm. at a point right now where we're at another transition in our lives. And so going back to these stories also helps us to, to spur us on to the next step that God may have for us, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I hope this encourages you guys to have true faith, to know that God sees all the little details is going to work it out mm-hmm. and that's going to be for his glory and for your good mm-hmm. and i will leave you to know that the path is not a straight path mm-hmm. we would wish that it's a, a lane but it's not a lane it's beaten and curvy guys <laughs> right it's unbeaten paths and trails right it's winding ter- terrain mm-hmm. um you don't necessarily have to know exactly where you're headed mm-hmm. just know who you're headed with that's right and whose you are right Thanks, guys. Hope this encourages you and look forward to our next episode of Let's Talk. Share this, click it, um, favorite it, star it, send us some messages. Yeah. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, we love to hear feedback. Love you guys. Have a good night. <laughs>